0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the brand new version of the Human Rights Foundation's Dissidents and Dictators podcast. That's right. You heard correctly. The brand new version of the Human Rights Foundation's flagship podcast. It's a brand new twist on an old classic, and we can't wait to have you join us for the ride.
1: On our new and revamped podcast, we've got plenty to talk about, not least the latest in the fight against modern tyranny, and how we at the Human Rights Foundation are helping lead efforts for democracy around the world, and we hope you'll join us here every Thursday.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the HRF Dissidents and Dictators podcast. We know... We know this isn't what you're used to in your feed, but we promise it will be worth it and that these new voices you're hearing today are actually worth listening to. So you're probably
1: wondering who we are. Uh, My name is Alicia Maldonado, head of communications at the Human Rights Foundation. I grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, a place where you can watch your dog run away for days. (laughs) I'm a journalist by trade, having spent most of my career on the opinion pages of the New York Post, writing about foreign policy and of course human rights. I also believe with all my heart that One Direction reunion concert could heal the world and make it a better place.
0: I always liked the Wanted more than One Direction.
1: Mm, I couldn't even name a Wanted song, I don't think, off the top of my head.
0: No, it's okay. Neither can I.
1: But I know that you think that, you know, a One Direction reunion concert would make the world a better place. I do
0: have a Harry Styles sweatshirt.
1: You do? Yes, I do. What do you have on it? It says, Pleasing. Oh, I like that. I have one as well, but it's all of his tattoos. That's
0: a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I love it. Anyways, a lot of hairstyles coming. (laughs) Well,
1: you're hearing the voice of my co-host, Casey Michelle. Would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Absolutely, I would. Hello, everyone. My name is Casey Michelle, and I am the head of the Human Rights Foundation's Combating Kleptocracy program. And like Alicia, I have a lot of fun facts about myself as well. I've never watched a dog run for days... But I did once live in Kazakhstan, which is also extremely flat among much, uh, much of the country's north. Uh, I got my master's uh, degree in Russian studies from Columbia University a few years ago. And maybe the most fun fact about myself is that I can actually say the word kleptocracy 10 times in a row without screwing up. Now, I say that. I don't want anyone to actually make me do that because I haven't done it in a while. Uh, Most importantly, though, I did join HRF in 2023 to spearhead a brand new program looking at the role of dirty money and the role dirty money plays in propping up dictatorships around the world and beyond that, how that dirty money has begun infecting and weakening democracies close to home and what we can actually do to stop it. That's not quite as fun of a fact (laughs) as some of the other things we've listed today, but it is a reality and why I am here joining you, joining Alicia on this brand new venture for the Dissidents and Dictators podcast. It's
1: very exciting, Casey. Uh, When we've been talking about this podcast, we've been talking about what our hope for it is. And I think one of the biggest things is talking about the ways in which HRF is helping elevate voices and movements dedicated to rolling back dictatorships around the world and all the ways that dictatorships are fighting back, from Moscow and Beijing to Tehran and Caracas. It's no secret that modern dictatorships are trying to spread their influence wherever they can. You talk about that a lot um, in your Combating Kleptocracy program, but also in some of the books that you've written.
0: But this is one of the things that I think makes HRF so special, such an exciting place to work. Because, you know, Alicia, you did mention a few dictatorships just a moment ago. And yes, there's been plenty of focus, rightfully so, understandably so, on the roles and relationships and threats therein of the the Russias and the, the Chinas of the world. But the thing that makes HRF so unique, so different, is that it's not just the focus on Moscow and Beijing or the focus on Tehran or even Caracas pushes our work forward that allows us to elevate so many of these conversations so many of these voices so many of these individuals and organizations that are fighting back in dictatorships in these places it's that hrf takes such a global look at dictatorship writ large Mm -hmm. it's not just russia it's also rwanda it's not just china it's also cuba and on and on and on we don't need to describe all the ways modern dictatorship is on the march but we do need to take a step back and remember That it's not just in Moscow, it's not just in Beijing, it's not just in Tehran that we're seeing this take root. It is around the world, it is in continent after continent, hemisphere upon hemisphere, place upon place, that modern dictatorship is strengthening, is trying to expand its tendrils, and is trying to weaken democracy around the world. And that, again, is what HRF does so well.
1: Oh, and it's our singular focus, which I think also separates us from a bunch of other organizations and that we really only focus on authoritarian regimes. We don't want them to uh, to think we're uh, busy or distracted by any of the things that they're trying to distract well, certainly us certainly not
0: distracted by things like One Direction reunion concerts, of course.
1: Yes. I mean, I yeah, the Saudi Arabia would probably try to pay them to come there, but...
0: Well, absolutely. And unfortunately, if some uh, other celebrities or anything to go by, uh, a few of those members of that band might say yes to that Saudi money.
1: And then we'd have to call them out, and that'd be sad.
0: Yeah, but it'd also keep us busy. That's right. Unfortunately, (laughs) plenty of other celebrities are doing that already. That's very true. But Alicia, again, it's not just that HRF takes such a broad base view of the realities and threats of modern dictatorship, wherever they are found in this world, and it's not just elevating these conversations, highlighting these projects, highlighting these programs, and beyond that, doing everything we can to support those that are fighting back. It's that those on the ground are fighting back and in many cases are succeeding as well. I I don't need to list to you or the listeners all the successes that we have seen over just the past few years as democracies do begin battling back against rising authoritarianism, rising dictatorship around the world. Look For instance, of course, in places like Ukraine, where Ukrainians are dying by the thousand to fight back against Russian dictatorship. Look at what's taking place in Taiwan, Mm. as those in Taipei and around Taiwan are standing up against the CCP, standing up against Beijing. Or look even at voters in places like Poland or Moldova or Ecuador or over and over and over again that are pushing back against authoritarian movements, pushing back against authoritarian parties, pushing back against those that would seek to expand and entrench dictatorship in those countries. It's not just that we are talking about, it's not just that we are focusing on the threats, the, in some cases, successes of dictatorships, both in those countries, as well as in the democratic world itself. It is also about how democracies, also about how democratic voices and forces and peoples are pushing back, are leading the fight. Mm, mm. And that is what we're going to be talking about on this podcast.
1: And I think that one of the things that we also really try to focus on here is is raising, you know, the individual, the the one person who's fighting back and doing their small part in whatever corner of the world that they're in. And how all it really does, you know, do is take one person to speak up. And so we try to, like, really highlight those people. And, and we do that in a number of ways, you know, by our Freedom Fellowship program, which it takes young activists and, and trains them, but also in our flagship forum, the Oslo Freedom Forum. And we take these people and we put them on the stage and we let them tell their stories, which is, you know, they can tell much better than we can do, um, which I think is a really cool thing to to listen to the person who's creating a flag movement done on Facebook and creating chaos, you know, good sort of chaos by just speaking up in a small way.
0: A good sort of chaos. A good sort of chaos. That's a great way to describe some of the individuals, some of the organizations, some of the movements we'll be talking about to destabilize these kind of dictatorial holds, these elements of dictatorial propaganda that these regimes use as props for their power whether they're in China China or Russia, whether they're in places like Gabon or Guinea, whether they're in places like Venezuela or Cuba or Nicaragua. It doesn't matter where they are. Mm -hmm. These dictatorships are always relying on similar props, similar proposals, similar tools to entrench themselves and to ossify these structures that allow them to remain in power in perpetuity. And yet, here come these democratic voices. Here come these democratic forces. These elements of good—what cha- do you call it? Good chaos. These elements of good chaos, positive chaos, yeah. destabilizing these regimes and allowing the forces of democracy to move in and then entrench themselves for generations to come. Ideally, so this is what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. That's right. These elements, these forces, these faces of dictatorship. Beyond that, how they are entrenching and expanding their efforts, both domestically in our home countries as well as abroad, but also how it is that democracies around the world are fighting back or organizing or coalescing to try to create some of that good chaos, to try to expand their own bases of support, their own elements of power, and their own successes around the world. This is what we're going to be talking about, this modern fight against modern tyranny, which has come roaring back with such clarity, with such consistency and with such concern for so many in the democratic world that really thought we put so much of this behind us. This is the journey that this podcast is going to be on of conversations, of context, of investigations and insights with especially not just myself, not just Alicia, despite all the fun facts we have, but also (laughs) with some of the bravest voices that you can imagine sharing these stories of how democracies can and will win. Casey, let me ask you a question. As we're both
1: journalists, how did you end up at HRF, and what is it about the the sort of work that we do here that drew you in? You know, is there a certain issue or country or person that was kind of the catalyst for you?
0: So, look, there's two ways for me to answer that. Yeah, go ahead. One is more particular; one's a little more ten thousand. I'll I'll take the the ten thousand foot view. You know, at uh, at first, I think the thing that HRF has done so well for years and years and years, and where it has succeeded where others in this space may have fallen short or may have struggled, is that HRF has never let the principle of pushing against dictatorship, pushing against tyranny, and calling it out wherever it is, whatever form it may take, regardless of the kind of geopolitical considerations or implications or consequences. That principled stance has been a part of HRF's ethos from the very beginning, when we first launched back in the 2000s. And certainly so much in the world has changed since then, but that has not. This drive to highlight the threats of dictatorship, wherever they may be taking place, domestically, internationally, regardless, again, of uh, consequence, of concern. Because at the end of the day, the threats of tyranny are not limited to any one people, are not limited to any one country. They are threats that entrench and expand. Mm -hmm. They are threats that eventually reach the rest of us, certainly as we're seeing play out in places like Ukraine and the broader European continent, certainly as we're seeing play out as well in places like Taiwan and the threats therein. And again, as we're seeing play out, whether it's across the Sahel, whether it's across parts of South America, whether it's across parts of South and Southeast Asia, over and over and over again, you can look at how dictatorships are threatening not only the domestic populations, but expanding that Mm -hmm arsenal that they're aiming outward as well, including to those of us fortunate enough to live in democracy. And then beyond that as well, reminding those that do live in democracies that yes, they may have their spats. Yes, they may have their disputes. And yes, there are plenty of policies worth fighting for. But at the end of the day, it is such a great and good fortune to have been born into or moved into or live within these democracies where you can speak your mind where you can fight for your political cause, where you can push for those policies that you do think and that will better society as a whole. It is such a fortune that, unfortunately, I do think a lot of folks, certainly myself included, uh, take for granted far mm. too often. And that yeah. was one of the things at the very 10,000-foot level that drew me to HRF at the very beginning. Now, more particularly, and maybe I'll be giving him some more shout-outs as we move through this, uh, this conversation, these episodes. I used to live in the country of Kazakhstan. It's a wonderful country located in Central Asia, and made some wonderful friends in Kazakhstan, had some wonderful times there. While I was there, there was a uh, a president overseeing the country, a gentleman named Nursultan Nazarbayev, who liked to put on a good face for especially those from the West who were visiting. He liked to say, oh, look, I'm a reformer. Oh, look, we can't move too fast toward democracy. Oh, look, you know, I'm doing my best. You just kind of got to trust me about where I'm going. Oh, by the way, don't ask about the journalists I've jailed, about the Mm -hmm. members of the opposition that my forces have threatened, about the political persecution, the press crackdown, so on and so on and so on. Don't ask about any of that. And don't worry that I've been in power for decades. It's it's okay. It's all right. We're getting there. Just ignore that. And look, there's plenty more to talk about this, but plenty in the West, plenty in democracies also said, well, sure, seems fine by us. All right. You seem like you're doing okay. You seem like a pretty cheery, chummy guy. Well, we'll get along with you just fine. Meanwhile, on the ground, a whole generation of Kazakhstanis are growing up without any kind of political freedom, any ability to speak their mind, speak their voice, organize and agitate, and enjoy any of those basic democratic freedoms. Now, I'm saying all this because there was this deafening silence in the democratic world, mm-hmm. certainly in places mm-hmm. like the United States, criticizing For this sure. regime, and yet there was one voice, one organization... Always, always, always holding Nazarbayev's feet to the fire and holding the feet uh, of, this is going to sound strange, holding the feet of other Western politicians yep. to the fire I follow you. Uh, that were whining and dining Mr. Nazarbayev himself. There was one organization that did that, and that was the Human Rights Foundation. And now I get to come to work every single day, almost every single day. <laughs> Sometimes I work, I work from home. Look, I, I got a little one at home. What, what, what do you Little baby. Uh, almost every single day and I get to see a photo of Mr. Nazarbayev hanging in our office uh, which is a clipping from a newspaper ad that the Human Rights Foundation took out highlighting all of his crimes. I love it. Highlighting every single thing that he has done to tear down any hopes and dreams of Kazakhstani democracy. And you know what? Uh, He resigned a few years ago And his supposedly handpicked successor has overseen a number of prosecutions aimed at especially his family members and inner circle. He has been stripped of his former uh, Legal protections, uh, many of his assets, and I got to tell you, it couldn't happen to a worse guy (laughs) or better guy, you know, whatever the phrase is. But that again is one of the reasons that I came to H R F because it was one of those, again, principled stands, principled stances that no other organization was taking, and that we have continued through. Here we are now, almost in the mid twenty twenties. So that's why I came to H R F. Yeah. Boy, I've been talking for a while. It's great. Sounds good. Tell me about yourself. What brought you to H R F? Uh, and uh, uh, you know, how does your work intersect with HRS' broader mission?
1: Oh well, you said yours quite well. Um, very, very similarly. I think what I what I loved the most, you know, when I was at the post and and writing a lot and doing foreign policy, and I, I was focusing on on China and on, on Asia quite a bit. Um, had done some stuff on Turkey, but um, I don't know. I just felt like there was um, that it was important to continue naming the people that. Uh, the CCP tries to disappear, the Chinese Communist Party tries to disappear. And so I'd always try to advocate for um, naming the people that you know who no one will possibly know, but disappeared. Anyway, so I enjoyed doing that. Um, and I felt like that was important to do. But um, what I really loved about HRF is that is that we we focus on on the authoritarians and the dictators and and we don't get to we're not bothered with <laughs> democracies because you know, it would always frustrate me. In that, we're just whinging about the minutia of freedom. It was the thing that would always drove me crazy. What a great word, whinging. Whinging, very try good to work word. i in as many articles as, as I can. <laughs> um, yeah, just I would see, you know, you know, working on an American newspaper. Not that's, you know, we live in a beautiful country, and so that we get to take it, take it to the man himself, or you know, lodge complaints and have protests and not have any sort of any real worry. Um, whereas other places in the world couldn't do that. And so
0: couldn't afford to. Couldn't afford
1: to do that. Because
0: their lives are on the line.
1: Exactly. Their communities are on the line. And I'd rather focus on that. And so every day I get to come in here and look at the picture of the Kazakhstani guy. Um, <laughs> no, but um, yeah. And so I just wanted to do work that felt like it was you know, worth doing every day. Well,
0: look, at the end of the day, it's a matter of perspective. Again, not that there aren't policies worth pursuing, not that there aren't, worth, certainly plenty of conversations worth having, history worth excavating in democracies around the world. But it is a matter of perspective in the here and the now. These issues, these problems seem so small, it seems right. so right. microscopic compared to the issues of modern tyranny, compared to the Sprawling concentration camp system that the CCP I think it's has the, the only leaders. instance
1: in, when, in which comparison is a good thing. Absolutely, <laughs> here, you know. Yes, we have so many freedoms. Let's talk about how you can't do the same in Swaziland.
0: Yeah, Swaziland.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, in, in Swaziland. I was just uh, in Taiwan with Tanele Maseko, whose husband Tulani Maseko was assassinated in January of this year. Um, for you know, just uh, speaking up about, about human rights. He was a human rights lawyer and calling for democracy and. Africa's last absolute monarchy. And so, yeah, Swaziland is on the brain.
0: And this is what we're hoping to do with this podcast as well, Mm -hmm. is remind ourselves, and hopefully remind you, the listener as well, of having that kind of perspective about what is taking place in the world today, what is actually taking place in these dictatorships, under these dictatorships, wherever they may be, but also beyond that, to share the perspectives of those that are fighting on the ground, those that are fighting wherever they can and however they can against these dictatorships, against these regimes, against these forces that would seek to expand dictatorship around the world. It is accessing and sharing those perspectives Beyond that, having that perspective, that we're hoping to do with this podcast,
1: absolutely, and hopefully we'll be able to share some of those voices in our community and hear what they have to say firsthand because they're really powerful.
0: The voices certainly are. The voices are. We're 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 powerful in the sense that we can project both of us, <laughs> yeah. but the voices we're going to be sharing are that much more powerful. Yet, I mean, again, that is one of the beauties of HRF, this dissident community, yes, this democratic yes. community, that this organization has built for years and years and years. That no matter what country they're from, no matter what their own political backgrounds may be, no matter what their own situation at home or abroad may be, they are organized, they are united Mm -hmm. in one dream of freedom, of liberty, and of democracy. And they understand that they are fighting the same fight. Again, whether it's in the Nicaraguas and the Cubas of the world, whether it's in the uh, Angolas, or the Sri Lankas, or the Indias of the world, whether it's in the Chinas or the Russias of the world. Right. They are fighting, they are agitating, they are organizing for the same exact thing, the expansion of democracy on this planet.
1: And it's interesting to think, and when you hear some of these stories, and we'll be sharing them, of course, um, but it's interesting to hear sometimes how little, you know, They do, can be done or said that causes a huge kerfuffle in these uh Dictatorships, some some t- small, tiny little thing, in Turkey, throwing a dartboard at Erdogan, jail time. You know, such, such small things you, would, you in, wouldn't dare think about.
0: In Russia, holding a blank white piece of paper. Yes. Doesn't say anything on it, doesn't say if you're for Putin or against Putin, doesn't say if you're for war or against war. If you are holding a blank piece of paper, a blank white placard, doesn't even have to have a drawer. Doesn't have to word on it you are going to see the inside of a Russian courtroom and presumably much worse. It is these small things that add up to things that are so, so, so much bigger in the Mm -hmm. long run. And again, that we are going to be elevating, we're going to be sharing here with you as we move forward on this Dissidents and Dictators podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us once again for this brand new revamped Dissidents and Dictators podcast brought to you by the Human Rights Foundation. We hope that you will stay with us. We hope you will join us every Thursday as we drop a brand new episode into your podcast feed, wherever and however you may listen. We promise more conversations. We promise more insights. And we promise more of the latest news in the fight against modern dictatorship. And I will say, if you and I are lucky, Alicia might share some of the latest about One Direction as well. And I'm
1: hoping that there is a latest to discuss, but we'll get there. I can definitely promise to drop more One Direction references.
0: It's what the people want. It's what the people want. So thank you for joining us again, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for being my co-host, Casey.
0: Thank you, Alicia. It's
1: very nice to spend this time with you every week. I'm looking forward to it.
0: You're very nice.
1: Well, you know, try.
0: Harry Styles.
1: Harry Styles. (laughs) The Human Rights Foundation is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that promotes and protects human rights globally with a focus on closed societies. We promote freedom where it's most at risk in countries ruled by authoritarian regimes.